in this episode, we hear from a patron named Dinah. And I remember <laughs> when she signed up for Patreon, you made that like, Dinah, won't you blow? Dinah, won't yeah, you have to. Dinah, won't you blow? Your horn. That's that's how the song goes. <laughs> Refrain from from thinking jokes right now, people. Okay. We loved hearing from Dinah. And we will hear more from her right after this. Mm-hmm. Be right back. We are supported by one damn good brew, apostate coffee. Specifically the lesbian medium dark variety. A delicious roasty toasty blend that's sure to make postal workers in remote Mormon towns super twitchy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, we have a first-hand account of that one. Sure do. This yummy java is roasted in small batches, so it's super fresh the moment it arrives at your doorstep. And hey, it's named after us, so that's reason enough to give it a shot. I know it. So ditch that that grocery store crap and give the lesbian blend a try today at apostatecoffee.com. Mm-hmm. Hey everybody, I'm Mary. And I'm Shelly. And this is episode 35 of LDL Letters. Letters. The Latter-day Lesbian Midweek Mail Podcast. Are we really on 35? Uh, the letters don't lie, <laughs> Shelly. So for 35 weeks, we've been doing two podcasts a week. Yep. I'm dead. <laughs> I hope you listeners appreciate this. Oh, my goodness. I'm just kidding. Are you trying to guilt the listeners? Yes. Hmm. Raise your hand right now if Shelly's guilt tactics are working <laughs> and you're feeling guilty. Don't fall for it, people. Don't. Don't do it. We have enough guilt and shame amongst all of us, I it's think, true. to go around. We don't need extra. Mm-mm. So today's letter, I'm going to just jump into jump. it. Jump. This is from a patron named Dinah. Hi, Dinah. So someone's in the kitchen. Here we go. <laughs> someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. We're going to read the letter. Does anyone even know that song anymore? Besides, Someone's in the kitchen with uh-huh. Dinah. Mm-hmm. Someone's mm-hmm. in the kitchen. I yep. know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, someone's mm-hmm. in the kitchen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. So, yes. This someone isn't does even know the Marco song. Polo channels right now. We're getting a little <laughs> treat, a little singing treat from Shelly. Yeah, those of you who have not yet signed up on our Marco Polo channel, you missed, some, <laughs> you missed some pretty damn sweet karaoke. Yeah, but do they? bored they? karaoke in the office during COVID 19 <laughs> is what? Office karaoke? Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, we're a little bit ashamed of ourselves because Dinah's letter came in, I believe, in September. Sorry, Dinah. So we're still backlogged. Please be patient. We're still trying to get to everybody. We just are not organized. But there are some from clear back last summer that we are getting to because we just For some reason, them. yeah, I know. The devil made me do it. Is that what <laughs> Satan's been up to? Mm-hmm. I was wondering. Mm-hmm. Well, Dinah provided a lot of backstory, and we're just going to get into this Here shit. Here we go. She says, my grandfather was living with his polygamous family in the Mormon colonies in Mexico. Oh, dear God, that's one way to start it. When he met my grandmother. Yeah, she's backing us way up, giving us a little uh, background here. He ran the sawmill, and she, a Yaqui Indian, was the washerwoman for the colony. So uh, this was a long-ass time ago. Yeah. Dinah says her grandmother was a widow with two young children. Not sure how it happened as Mormons were not supposed to marry the filthy Lamanites. Oh, God. But they did marry. Eventually, the Mexican Revolution began, and they were chased down by Pancho Villa. Whoa. Wow. They did escape, leaving behind the younger children, and swam across the Rio Grande to safety in El Paso, Texas, where my mother was born. Wow. This is like the stuff of at least 
a Lifetime movie, don't oh, you God, think? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually grew up about 30 minutes from El Paso, Texas. Wow. Check that out. I've been back and forth across that border. It goes Did you swim? the Rio Grande. Did not. <laughs> okay. The family spent the 20s and 30s, that's 1920s and 1930s, so mm-hmm. what are we talking, almost 100 years ago? Yeah. As sharecroppers, running sawmills, working on the road into the Grand Canyon, anything to survive and feed the dozen children. Yes, dozen. Jesus. Wow. They did have problems being accepted anywhere, including with the Mormon relatives, as this was still the time when, quote, the only good Indian is a dead Indian. Jesus. Wow, this is rough. Mm-hmm. Woo, Dinah. My mom's family eventually ended up in Las Vegas in the late 1930s. Grandpa had a sawmill on Mount Charleston just outside of Vegas, and his kids worked at the mill or on building Boulder Dam, now Hoover Dam. After World War II, the boys were contractors and helped build many of the casinos on the Strip, which are now all demolished. Of course, the boys wore their garments during the war and returned home with only minor physical injuries. The mental and emotional toll it took on them is another story, she Mm. says. At the beginning of World War II, Dad was in the Army Air Corps, later to become the Air Force, at what is now Nellis Air Force Base, just outside the city. He met my mom when he was in J.C. Penney's, okay, looking for a hat to buy, and she happened to be selling hats. Well, there you go. There you have it. He was smitten enough to become a Mormon so he could marry her. Oh, <laughs> oh no. It's not worth it. <laughs> I was born while he was on a troop ship to Europe and raised on Mount Charleston by my grandparents for the first two years of my life. I don't recall being in church that often. Perhaps as foreshadowing, the story goes that when I was three or four, I didn't want to sit in sacrament meeting. I mean, can I mean, you blame anybody? Her? Seriously. Really? I really wanted out of there. So I escaped their grasp and ran down the aisle yelling at my uncles in Spanish, jackass. <laughs> Hilarious. Of course, I had learned all the Spanish swear words from them. That's funny. Good Mormons, right? Yeah, yeah. I was often called the devil's child back then. <laughs> Stubborn, rebellious, and they could probably see a budding dyke on the way. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Baby dyke. I love it. Dinah, you are cracking me up. I do remember having family prayers and blessing the food. I don't recall a lot of gospel indoctrination. When the time came to be baptized, I was shocked. I pretty much mumbled during the pre-baptism interview and thinking, what the fuck does this all mean? Like, what what even goes on during the pre-baptist interview? We read those questions uh, a few episodes ago. We were reading the baptism interviews. So if you're going to get baptized... Oh, right. Eight-year-olds have to undergo stupid questions. Yes, yeah, the same thing. Like, do you believe in blah, blah, blah? Is <laughs> blah, so-and-so blah, the blah. prophet of God? Are you morally clean? Oh, yeah. Do you live a chaste life? And eight-year-olds are like, what is that? <sighs> so stupid. Yeah. Okay. She's going on to talk about the early years. Okay. Early? Early okay. years, yes. according to Shelley. Mm-hmm. Dinah says, once mom's brother and sisters started marrying and popping out babies like rabbits in heat... Guess who took care of all the kids during the Sunday family dinners? Yep, the oldest granddaughter, me. From the age of seven or eight, I had 10 or 15 kids I had to oversee while the grown-ups enjoyed themselves. Oh, man, that's insane. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
seven or eight years old having to babysit that yeah, nanny? Yeah, that's crazy. That's uh, that's Philip babysitting. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Can you imagine? Nope. Wow. Philip can't even watch himself. I mean, he did scrub a toilet the other day. Yeah, to stand there. Yeah, he wasn't very effective at it. No. You had to pretty much scrub the toilet. Uh, yeah. That was his plan. I'm going to wave this brush around, and I'm <laughs> eventually mom's going to take over. Basically. It worked. Yeah, sure yeah. did. Dinah says, then adding insult to injury, I had to wash and dry all the dishes and pots and pans for over 30 people. Jesus. <laughs> this sounds like torture. Yeah. This is child abuse. Mm-hmm. I did have some help from the next oldest female, she puts in bold, cousin, of mm. course, yeah. right? Of course. I have Boys don't do dishes. No, 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 no. Or babysit. Mm-mm. No, that's woman's work. Mm-hmm. That's woman's work. That's woman's work. Girl, get back in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. By the time I was 10, I had had enough. One Sunday night while washing a shitload of dishes, when they get shitty, they're really dirty then. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. like E. coli dishes. Right. A shitload. <laughs> yeah. If there's shit on your dishes in the sink, something is going so, wrong yeah, in that house. Yeah, you need to change the menu. Funny. <laughs> I looked at my little cousin and told her, I can't bear this kind of life anymore, and I'm going to take this bottle of pills and kill myself. God. Holy moly. Dinah says, I had a heart condition, now known as AFib, and the pills were to slow my heart rate. I told her not to tell anyone until I was dead. Whoa. She says, poor kid, in parentheses, yeah. So I swallowed the pills, went into the living room where the adults were all sitting, and sat down on the couch to die. Whoa. Wow. As everyone was leaving for the night, they noticed that they couldn't wake me up. My cousin then told them what I had done, and I was taken to the hospital. Too much time had passed for them to pump my stomach, and the docs told my mom they would have to wait and see what would happen. Spoiler, I survived. (laughs) Yeah, clearly. Wow, that's serious. Worse than my suicide attempt was how my relatives reacted. No one ever talked about the incident or asked me what was wrong. If anyone asked, I was told to say, that I missed my dad. He was stationed in Greenland at the time. At least I wasn't told to pray and read the scriptures. Yeah, because that's the other answer to everything, right? Wow, that's rough. And she's what, 10? Yeah, 10. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Shortly after that, dad was stationed in San Antonio, Texas. We lived there until I graduated from high school. I was usually the only kid my age in the branches we attended, so I spent most of my time with the adults. I did have crushes on several of the cute young Mormon wives. Well, Mm. you know, budding baby dyke. Mm -hmm. Baby dyke. During my junior year in high school, they did start early morning seminary. I hated that. I'm not a morning person. Yeah, I get that. I also didn't care much for the teacher. She was giving a lesson on the parable of the sheep and the goats. After the story, she asked the class, would you follow Jesus over a cliff? When it was time for me to answer, I said, No, I won't follow anyone over a cliff. (laughs) Call me a goat, she said. (laughs) Nice. I think goats are cuter anyway. (laughs) They're probably less stupid. I don't know. Sheep have a really bad reputation for being dumb. Mm -hmm. Needless to say, I lost my stake scholarship to BYU and never attended seminary again. Oh, my God. God. Dinah. Mormons. Growing up in the, quote, mission field, I heard many stories from my mother about the land of Zion and Zion. The, the land of Zion <laughs> and the saints in Utah. Zion. Zion. Leave it in, Dan. Tomato, tomato. Mm-mm. Earlier. Oh, God. 
I said Zion. <laughs> okay. Her family at the time all lived in Las Vegas or St. George, Utah. In my mind, I envisioned streets of gold and silver. Nope. <laughs> and people with a light shining forth as bright as the sun. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Utah Mormons as the most righteous people on earth. No, it's smog and pornography. Oh, fun. Yeah. After listening to podcasts about today's church, I almost don't recognize it. I was active before all the correlation stuff. What does that mean? So I don't remember what year it was, but they started putting out manuals where everyone got taught the same thing all over. Oh, Like someone okay. was in charge of what was going to be taught. Try to standardize some stuff. Yeah, which is like, oh, shit, hide this, hide that. We don't teach that anymore. Let's teach this. Let's teach that. Yeah. Interesting. You know who I bet has a lot of that information is Bryce Blankenegel. Oh, for sure. We haven't talked to him in a while. Yeah. Uh, it was a much more freewheeling time during the late 50s and early 60s, she says. So not as strict, mm -hmm. not as many standards, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Over time, the church has gotten more and more, I guess, strict or more rules. More rulesy? Yeah, more rulesy. History says, and Bryce Blankenagle, correct me if I'm wrong, but for example, back when the first temples were around, the temple question was, do you want to go in the temple? That was it? Yeah. And you look at now, the temple questions are this scroll of bullshit you have to answer right. exactly in the right way. They never really take away things. They just add more rules. Okay. And so if Dinah's talking about how it was back in the day, yeah, there would be differences between different wards depending on who was teaching. And it was more, I guess, free thinking. But free thinking back in those years is not like it's progressive. But it wasn't as rulesy. Okay. So she continues with talking about going to college. Dinah says, I was ready to attend college during my dad's last year in service. He was stationed overseas, and they didn't want me to stay alone in Texas to attend college. So off to BYU. But I guess no scholarship, right? Mm -hmm. Because of what happened in because the she, seminary. She chose to be a goat. <laughs> right. <laughs> I may have remained, quote, a good Mormon girl if they had let me stay in Texas, but everything crashed and burned when I arrived in Utah. Oh, I can imagine. Oh. The streets were not paved with gold, <laughs> no. were they? Okay. Lights were not shining out of people. Nope. nope, and there were no lesbians to be found. <laughs> <laughs> I was horrified at the crassness and hypocrisy I found among the members. Mm. No one was radiating any light. <laughs> I was also becoming aware of homosexuality. Mm. Could this be why I had never been on a date with a guy? Hmm, mm. perhaps. I spent hours in the library at BYU reading about homosexuals. They have that in the library at what BYU? What you reading? I can't imagine it's like pro-homo. <laughs> pro-homo. <laughs> <laughs> the professional literature at that time saw it as a sickness. There okay, you go. there you okay. go. A perversion. Yep. That was rather discouraging. I could not be perverted. I was a good Mormon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how do you make that work out in your brain? Mm -hmm. Of course, they're going to have the literature that of talks time, about yeah. it being a perversion or a sickness, right? right? Dinah says, I made friends with four other women in the dorm. We did everything together that year. I was attracted to one of the women and would often climb into her bunk and give her a back rub and a cuddle for the night. Oh. Hello. Oh. <laughs> Wow. All innocent, of course, yeah. she says. <laughs> Is that like what straight friends I do? I don't know. Maybe, I think younger ones. The cuddle? They probably like rub each other's backs and arms and things, like straight girls growing up. But probably that stops by college, I would think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. I, I really missed out, apparently. Um, 
Yeah, my friends and I would, you know, rub each other's arms and and stuff, like in Bible study, because that's what you do when you're bored. And you're bored in the shit. Bible. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I really missed out. Yeah, we'd share a chair and like, you know, tickle each other sort of lightly. <laughs> Are you turned on right I'm now? I'm a little turned on. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, I guess because I was such a tomboy, that wouldn't have been something that... You didn't have close girlfriends? No. Huh. Mm-mm. I mean, I always played Ken when it came to Barbies. Yeah. And no, I, I they were always that. like, Mary, play Ken. I was like, fine. You know, I wonder... I got this. <laughs> because I was very, I don't know, butchy. What do you want to call it? You know, I played basketball in college and stuff, and I was kind of like the tough one. I didn't have close girlfriends that giggled and whatever, hugged. Well, we didn't giggle. Well, I don't... I'm, <laughs> I'm painting a weird picture. I know. But my I point guess, is... I guess I am a little giggly. Okay. I laugh a lot. Okay, gotcha. Is that giggling? Am I giggling? I, 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 don't, I don't know. Or is it more of a chortle? You chortle <laughs> and snort. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, then I got married... And, you know, didn't have any real close female friends because, hello, all I was doing was popping out babies. There was no time for that. And then left the church and then met those two friends that were, like, touchy and it awakened yeah, the Yeah, I know, the, like, the foot rubbing or whatever was happening with that one friend of yours. Oh, no, that was back in high school. Oh, okay. She turned out to be gay. <laughs> well, shocker. Yeah. Yeah, because, anyway. uh, you know, budding dykes, as Dinah puts it, have to get that out somehow. Mm-hmm. They have to get out those attractions, those feelings in approved ways. You Called know? foot fondling. <laughs> foot fondling. <laughs> That's foreplay for Shelly, if anyone's oh interested. <laughs> so, Shelly, I think we should take a quick break. Okay. Pay some bills. Do and it. then finish up this letter when we get back. What do you think? I like it. Okay. Be right back. We are supported by new dating app. Dating is difficult under even normal circumstances. Then try explaining your nutty religious upbringing to someone. Yeah, like the weird looks you get when you throw out expressions like, uh, what is that? Health in the navel, marrow in the, I don't know. Bones. Bones, okay. Strength in the loins and the seniors. Okay, listeners, maybe don't do that. No, don't do it. And now that you've left Mormonism, you've probably been kicked out of the singles ward. So now what? Download new an ex-Mormon dating app available on both Android and iPhone. Get ready to find post-Mormon love with someone who understands your background. Visit newdating.app and learn more. We're back. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. At the end of the year, the five of us were called in for interviews. Two of the women were accused of having a lesbian relationship and were expelled from BYU. Oh, snap. So this is for the... Probably their ecclesiastical endorsement or someone narked on them. Who knows? Yeah. They're breaking the honor code. What are you trying to say? Honor code. Okay, there we go. Let me back up. That was awesome. No, leave it. It was awesome. Usually I'm the one who can't remember words. Let you be the one to not remember a word once in a while. Honor code! There it is. Jeez. (laughs) Okay. The woman that Dinah was attracted to said... If you had your way, that would be us, meaning be expelled for being a lesbian or whatever, or have a lesbian relationship. So the woman was accusing Dinah of trying to come on to her It sounds like it. Okay, all right, keep going. Dinah says, I was in shock. What did she mean? I was not a lesbian. I was a good Mormon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She keeps saying I was a good Mormon. (laughs) Yeah. Dinah says, my family moved to Provo after dad retired And I lived at home for the next three years. Wait, what happened with the girl? Was the friendship just, like, over? She doesn't really say. Dinah! (laughs) (sighs) 
But okay. she was not a lesbian. She was a good Mormon, no, remember? I, yeah, she was a good Mormon. She okay. keeps telling herself that. Okay. Mm-hmm. She was called to be the ward's sports director. Oh, Dinah, <laughs> you're so gay. Come on. She says, uh-oh, lesbians and sports, had I only known. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You were into basketball and you had no idea, supposedly. That's true. Dinah says, well, one of the young women on the team and I were very attracted to each other and spent every free minute we could with each other. Mm. We wrote poetry, hiked in the mountains, sat under the moon and stars and talked. So gay. All the things love-struck young people do. (laughs) (laughs) You never wrote me a poem, baby. There once was a man from Nantucket. (laughs) That's a limerick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. We were, however, two young women. So, you know, they can't be romantic. No. Her parents became alarmed at the direction of our relationship and met with the bishop, accusing me of using witchcraft on their daughter. Wow. And wanted me excommunicated. <laughs> witchcraft. What year is this? This is fucking awesome. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, well, this answers your question. Okay. I guess in the early 60s, they called it witchcraft and not lesbianism. <laughs> I love that. That's some power right there. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mary. Yeah. Want to practice some witchcraft tonight? Mm, is that what we're calling it? <laughs> Again, who needs practice? <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. Are you trying to tell me something? <laughs> mm. Mm. Okay. Let's get back to the letter. Okay. Sorry, Dinah. Dinah says, I was incensed. How dare they accuse me of such a thing? I was a good Mormon. <laughs> she sure was. This is a repeating theme. She was I love a good it. Mormon practicing lesbian witchcraft. Maybe she didn't need practice. Okay. See? Dinah says, so I made the decision to serve an honorable mission and prove them all wrong. That'll fix you. Yep. I went through the temple and did all the throat slitting and disemboweling (laughs) covenants. (laughs) Do they still do the disembowel? They don't do the throat slitting No, they don't do any slicing open of anything anymore. (laughs) It's kind of lame in the temple these days. (laughs) Man, that would have been a real treat. Mm -hmm. After time at the missionary training center, I was sent to the West German mission where the next chapter commenced. Ooh, I'm so excited. I know. (laughs) Wait for it. Some Deutsches lesbians. (laughs) Deciding to serve a mission may not have been the right decision to prove to the world I wasn't a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to go out with a bunch of chicks. Uh-huh. I mean, I had to spend 24-7 with another woman. There you go. I did work very hard on my mission, always the leader in stats and hours out knocking on doors. Mostly, I enjoyed meeting the people, learning the language and the culture. And, of course... I cuddled with all the attractive companions at night. Oh Not my God. odd at all, she says. <laughs> they never said anything? They were never like, hey, sister, she Dinah. She was a good Mormon. Oh Come God. on. <laughs> Dinah says, I ended up working so hard, I injured a tendon in my foot and had to spend time in the mission home working for the president and his assistant. Wow, she was really walking door to door a yeah. lot. Door to door. During this time, I read... Khalil Gibran's The Prophet. Do you know this book? No. I don't even know if I'm saying that correctly. For the first time in my life, I finally felt the, quote, burning in my bosom. Oh. (laughs) It's because of her sister companion, Mm -hmm. right? I can still remember sitting in the mission office with book in hand, staring into space, thinking, the church is not the only true church. Huh. There is truth in the world that I am only now discovering. I wonder how she got a hold of that book. I don't know. Hmm. 
Add this to the fact that I realized on my mission that women had no positions of authority in the church. Yep. And that our voices would always be silenced. That just didn't work for me, she says. You know, before the age change, these women were not allowed to go on their missions until they were 21. So they'd be 22 in the mission field. They could be 22 years old and have a 19-year-old punk-ass kid (laughs) telling them what to do. They would have to report to him. He would turn them in if they weren't back by curfew or whatever. you imagine? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing is uh, off limits. Yeah, nothing's a surprise. No. Mm Mm-hmm. That was it for believing in the church, she says. I returned and gave a rousing semi-apostate welcome home talk and never set foot in church again. Wow. Yeah, except for a couple of funerals. Yeah. That's fantastic. Wow. Can you imagine? Like, I'm so proud shit. of you right now. Come on for your mission. Get up in front of the people. Be like, blah, blah, blah. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, I love it. Mic drop. Okay, so now we're getting to the lesbian chapter. Mm, I'm excited. After returning home, I started seeing a woman I had known before my mission. That was when we ended up parking in her little orange VW bug, making out, and yowza, she says. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm, I remember my first lesbian kiss. Uh, I do, too. I was there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So was... um, (laughs) Bartender Mike. Mark. Yeah, Mike. Mike the bartender. Poor Mike. Mm Mm-hmm. Poor guy. I think he's still traumatized, <laughs> which is funny because you wouldn't think that that would be the reaction. But he was very shy, yeah. I think. And they had two lesbians just making out. No, possibly not our best move. But I had a good I time. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Dinah says, I remember looking out the steamy windows mm-hmm. at the streetlight and thinking, my God, I am a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> I knew then that I could never return to Mormonism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I finished my degree, got a job working for the Navajo tribe at the boarding school in Brigham City, Utah. The horror stories from that time are too numerous to describe. All the good Mormon guys sneaking into the bars, drinking, having sex, smoking, then off to teach Sunday school or preside in the bishopric on Sunday. It was during this time that the state required everyone who worked in social services or was teaching school to sign a moral turpitude affidavit to include two people who would attest to your moral turpitude. The fuck That's is a, great, a turpitude? It's a great word. Wow. Um, I guess you're upstanding we, whatever. I mean, I kind of a, put it together. Yeah, did you put it together using the context? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, turpitude. Turpitude. All I keep thinking about is turpentine. Not yeah, the same me word. Too. No. Not the same word. Mm-mm. Okay. Dinah's got some good vocabulary. Yeah, Dinah's crushing Mm -hmm, this letter. mm -hmm. Also, being a homosexual in Utah was a criminal offense. Wow. I decided, fuck Utah, fuck Mormons, Mm -hmm. and left for San Francisco. Go, girl. (laughs) I got to meet this Dinah. She's not fucking around, is she? No, she says the next 30 years were amazing. Wow. I arrived in the Bay Area at the beginning of the homosexual struggle for power and recognition. She danced topless on the bar, did drugs, <laughs> had lots of sex. Go, Dinah! <laughs> and became involved in the progressive political movement taking place. Huh. Wow. I worked as a typesetter for political consultants, which involved me in the milk and moscone campaigns. I like milk and scones. Good. <laughs> Fighting against the Briggs Initiative, which would ban homosexuals from being teachers in California. Wow. Mm. She was an activist. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. The anger and depression at the assassination of Harvey Milk and George Moscone. There you go. Then, shortly after their deaths, 
there was the horrific tragedy of Jonestown, the AIDS epidemic, and losing countless friends to the disease before the government took any action to begin combating it. Fuck Reagan, she says. Yeah. She's been through a lot. Yeah. Holy She's lived crap. a long life. Yeah. It's been super interesting. Then she just talks about Mormons versus homosexuals. And we're almost done with the letter, so I'm going to wrap this up pretty quickly here. In 2000, as we all know, the church supported Prop 22 in California to prevent marriage between same-sex couples. This was later overturned by the California Supreme Court, which gave way to the Prop 8 battle. I officially removed my name from the church's records in 2000. Since then, I have kept a close eye on the church and their treatment of the LGBTQ community. I have a lot of sadness that my family is still active and believing in this cult that causes so much harm, destruction, and death. I feel so lucky that the brainwashing never stuck and that I've been able to live life free of its clutches for the most part, she says. Yeah. That's awesome. She got out early. She was a young one saying, fuck this noise. Yeah. I mean, she certainly went through her share of crap before then. Mm-hmm. That is for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. She just kept snuggling her companions, <laughs> <laughs> thinking, oh, what? what? I'm a good Mormon girl. What? And a good cuddler, yeah. sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Dinah wraps it up with, anyway, thanks for reading if you made it this far. Hey, guess what? We did. We sure did. We sure, sure shit did. Did the listeners get it this far? Because we <laughs> kind of went off the rails a few times. Oh, this was great. Mm -hmm. Mary and Shelley, you are doing a tremendous service to those who are suffering the consequences of having been, quote, a good Mormon. Yeah, for sure. Keep up the great podcast. Okay, we will. That's awesome. Thank you, Dinah. Thank you. What a great story, by the way. That was a great story. From from her grandma in Mexico to... Mm The reservation to Utah, she's Texas, been all over the place. San Francisco, Germany was in there Germany. somewhere. Mm-hmm. I know. Wow. We should map it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dinah, thanks so much for writing in. Yeah. That was a really great letter. If you would like to send us a letter, please visit latterdaylesbian.org/contact. Mm-hmm. Send us a letter. Do it. I know these are fun. They're great. Mm-hmm. Love them. Well, I guess we've come to the end of another uh, letters episode. Mm-hmm. It's that time again. It is. So sad. But we'll talk to you all again super soon. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.